How are most creators with degrees in creative fields, especially high art, living today? What are some of the unexpected ways they're navigating the world of uncertain arts funding, dwindling local art scenes, and the attention economy? And what might we learn from them? My name is Emma Katrovas, I'm an opera singer turned experimental performer, and I decided to find out, one artist at a time. Each creator I interview is an answer to how to live as an artist today, and there are as many answers as there are artists. If you like the idea behind this podcast, consider subscribing to the newsletter sent out on the 13th of every month. You can find all the relevant links in the description. Here's to being on the verge. And the fish were frightened. So beautiful. Daniel Posajenikov is a young Russian composer, curator, performer, and improviser who, over the past five years, has participated in gathering what he calls a kind of theater production company, consisting of young Russian artists from various disciplines. The troupe's name is Geometry of Sound, and they have, at least until now, put on about five productions a year in Russia. Their output is hard to pin down, but falls within the experimental and performance art category, and is often site-specific, like two projects we discuss, one created for a train station and another performed in elevators. I was connected with Daniil by another Russian artist whom I originally wanted to interview, but who backed out in the end. I only met this artist briefly as part of a summer program, but I remember her being outspoken, even then, about Russian censorship and politics. Then, when Russia invaded Ukraine this February, I heard she had been protesting against the war. I won't say her name here just to be safe, though I'm hoping that's an unnecessary precaution. What I want to say is that this particular Russian artist told me in a private message that she is embarrassed by her country. And this made me ask myself a question which everyone seems to be grappling with these days. Should the individual, even the individual artist, be held responsible for the politics or economics of the country they live in, even if it's just through an expectation that they publicly and repeatedly denounce the political or economic arrangements they are part of? We touch on this question in our conversation with Daniel. Daniel and I talk about the need to connect with audiences, whether experimentation belongs in the education system, how indie performance art can fly under the radar of censorship, and what it means not to be needed by the system you are part of, among other things. All moment of my life, I understand this is not enough for me. Every year, every project, I think, okay, I'm done this. What I can do next for my feeling, for my experience, like, like you know, now this year, again, I have some crisis about what I can do next because composing and composing director, now it's not enough for me. I want more theater direction experience. And I start for looking some way for more uh, directing projects. It's like strange, <laughs> strange life for a Russian boy who lives in a very small city and every moment wants something else to go to another city and then again and again. And every moment I, I just feeling like I'm looking something 
and this not stopping for me. This, this process like always continuing. I have very, very good professor, it's a big composer, Ephraim Guides, and of course, uh, he's very conservative professor, but uh, when I go to education, it will be what I need. I don't need some experimental things. And for me, it's really, it's all time very funny when a student crying about, oh my God, I don't can do something experimental in conservatory or my professor has stopped me. And all time in this case, I think, uh, uh, okay, go into another space and do what you want. Why you uh, so needed to do this in uh, this space. When you have your project in real world, you all time see what audience thinking about this, what your musicians thinking about this. And when you just have all resource, uh, all staff equipment and do only experimental things, I don't understand the goal uh, of uh, this education. Like uh, experimental, it's not, for me, it's not educational part, it's only individual experience. <laughs> that kind of brings us to your projects and what your goal is with them. Can you talk about them and how they connect to audiences? Yes, a little bit uh, about projects. I work with my co-author, uh, this is a uh, stage designer and uh, uh, Russian artist Anna Kostrikova, and we work like two directors. And uh, for the last five years, we do like more than, uh, I think, uh, 40, 50 projects. And uh, yes, uh, example of uh, some example, uh, last our project to be, this is a uh, site-specific opera in train station. For my thinking, we really need all time uh, care about audience. Of course, it's not about I do and I hope uh, audience likes this, not I don't do something for audience. It's about another side. It's about involved people in artistic process. When I go to the city, when a festival invited us, we research city, we collaborating with local opera, local orchestra players. We, uh, we find second choir with grandmother's choir. It's a real local old woman, uh, and I I go into all city, find this woman. I told about what we do about your city, how it's connection with history of your city. And yes, I find some human contact with these people. I think it's part of supervisor or director in job because if I have this discussion with people and especially with local workers who really care about what's happening in this city, why it's happening. Because when my ensemble then goes to the city, they go not like just part of big production. No, they go into the city and they see these people who connection for this idea before. It's opportunities for born something new creativity in process. I have a long residence in Switzerland to, and going to like four festivals in August and September in last year. And I just see like, I don't see audience. <laughs> 
I see a very small audience and I see this point about festivals don't care about audience sometimes. They just doing what they do. And, you know, it, it in Russia, it's impossible because if I do concerts and for my concerts go on five people, it's dying for me. It's, it stopped my, <laughs> my works for time, but I see many concerts when they have like 10, 20 people and, and just don't, you know, don't do something for people perception, for people care. For me, it's a funny situation for me because uh, I don't can do this in Russia. And uh, maybe it's bad sides about uh, fonts and grants system, like, you know, grants uh, give money for composer, composer write for musician. And if, if we have good situation, musician, it's first audience, they like this and that's all. That's enough. This pro a very close process, and uh, I don't like this. Three years ago, we have a uh, big performance in Moscow Multimedia Museum when we have concert in elevator, in glass elevator, when all musicians go into cap of elevator with many, many mics, microphones, and people sit in space with the headphones and just see this elevator. They go into up and uh, uh, down and uh, all, all sound have preparation and transmission to headphones. And this is project have a very big uh, technical rider for equipment. It's very expensive and uh, uh, we can do this just one time and that's all. And this is problem about many of our projects. We go in all resources, all powers for one or two stages and then we, we just doesn't find some uh, support for this. I think it's it's yeah. problem. When I uh, go in to Europe, like just composer director, and I uh, show our projects in Russia, everybody say like uh, we have very big support in, <laughs> in Russia. How are we doing this? But of course, uh, all situation, our change, and we don't know what's uh, happened later. But uh, it's our next next step uh, doing uh, international project. You kind of touched on this just now, if I understood correctly, that people in Europe feel like you have a lot of support. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes, it's, also, this is very funny. Yeah, it, but it's also something that I, when I listen to you, I think, wow, I can't imagine anyone in the Czech Republic doing that many projects. So I, I do wonder about that, if, if you have like a comparison between how how things work in Russia for supporting this kind of art and how they might work here? Or do you not have enough experience with the European scene to make that comparison? I just have some pieces in uh, more premieres in uh, uh, Switzerland, some in Germany and another country. And I just watching like, you know, like, like you go into small festivals and they have everything <laughs> and they, they don't, uh, they have big resource. And it's funny for me when I see like, I go into some site specific festivals, uh, like uh, for five days and they have uh, 
uh, money like I don't have for five years. I mean, it, it's it's surprising that there is any support for the arts uh, and especially kind of independent arts in Russia because of the economy. So I, I do. It does make you wonder where why is why, where is the money going? Where is it coming from? Why, you know? Um, yeah, sometimes. Yeah, I can I can sense sometimes I, I have, you know, like uh, I have many examples in my experience when I just have some money in my ordinary work, like composer in theater, and then this honorar go into project. <laughs> yeah, sometimes it's uh, uh, going like this. Life of many artists, like life about uh, open calls, <laughs> and one open calls, another open calls, and this is not about work 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 life yes yeah. just nothing yeah yeah but this is i mean this is really everywhere what you do with this project by project work it has its own kind of exhaustingness because you're building a sand castle and you put a lot of <laughs> effort into this one sand castle and then it, it it gets washed away because it's not sustainable yes but, but when you really work you have this connection with real world with yes, audience yes. and this system of supporting artists it's like you know yeah. uh, residents and another stuff where you really don't have new connection you have connection just with new quarters but these quarters sometimes too doesn't have connection with yeah. the real world In Europe and the rest of the world, what we're hearing is that actually there's a lot of censorship in in Russia. Um, do you ever feel like you have to be careful about what you what you express in in your work? Uh, yes, you know, it's it's for me. It's not like it's happened yesterday. <laughs> we have this old time, but maybe because I have more this site specifics and more music project, I don't feel this sometimes very close because I have another ways for my expression in, in this staging, not uh, in, uh, not so directly, like now I'm saying about political stuff or religions, not, it's not for me. But of course, in some project, like uh, now I, I develop in some big project about uh, church and uh, cathedrals. And this project I development for Europe and I start uh, looking for opportunities because I understanding I don't can do this now in Russia, of course. And of course, this is sad. And uh, this is because we have many problems, but some parts of this about I really can do this in Russia, but in other parts, it's about maybe it's it's really more good for staging do this in Europe too. Not only because I doesn't uh, can do this in Russia, not because you know like for this project with this cathedral, I really need a Catholic Catholic culture, and of course I go into Europe for doing this. You say yes, there is th there are things that I don't feel I can talk about. In, mm -hmm. in my project, it's it's not always understandable to someone for, who is not mm -hmm. Russian. What is this censorship in an, in a country that has a clear ideology, like it's a communist country, for example, which Russia is not. There is a clear idea of what is censored and what is not censored. Whereas I think for someone who is not Russian today, it's not 
quite clear why is the censorship happening and what is it protecting? You know what I mean? Yeah, I think, yes, I think it's like maybe, yes, it's really about uh, European view <laughs> for Russian mm -hmm. because for me, it's not... It's not so clear for me mm -hmm. because it's not first problems for me. Mm -hmm. uh, when when I say about my feeling in Russia, in independent projects, in contemporary culture, and how I how I can exist in this environment, what I feel in this, what problems I have, it's more about first of all, it's economical reasons. It uh, doesn't have system for supporting system for system which needed you i think yes and you know when system just don't need you you don't think about political or what i have sensor problems or what happened in my country you just understanding this system culture system doesn't need you and this is really bad feeling and you know in this moment you understand and of course it's normal when when the system doesn't need you, it's normal for all systems and maybe for all countries. And maybe it's good, you know. In first case, I feel like my I feel sad like nobody <laughs> need me like artist. And and second step, I don't can fighting with this. This system don't need me. And I create my system. And another side, when I just say like, okay, I fight fight with this it's just words and this is this is not can be statement and many artist statement what we have now i think it's just words and of course sometimes we need we need this clear signal clear position like i think in this and this my statement but more useful and more honestly it's going for your play and care about your people, your ideas. I think what you're saying is that sometimes the most radical thing you can do is just simply exist <laughs> as an artist and take care of the people closest, right? Yes, yeah. yes. It's simple thinking. Of, it's, it's not like <laughs> complicated, but it's true. In this part of Europe, uh, we really feel the war in, in Ukraine, but I know that in Russia, maybe it's not covered the same. Is this going to affect, you think, the economy to such an extent that it's going to make it difficult for you as, as an artist, maybe more in Russia now? First of all, of course, uh, everything changed. But like I said before, it's in first view, you see like everything changed, but then you understand it, like you live in this situation all time it's not just happened yesterday yeah this, this yeah this is my first thought another thought yeah of course i yeah i have some protesting in beginning yeah, like two weeks ago and then i just focused for what i what i need to do with my life yeah something like this yeah because of course many creators now left russia and going to another place but for me, just escaping, it's not, it's not a decision. It's yeah. not a decision. And, uh, but of course, I, uh, now it's, I, I don't can clear talking about this. Yeah, I, I understand. But I mean, this is something that I also hear here uh, as well. <laughs> it's like artists everywhere say similar things in the sense that you feel like 
I mean, there's a futility to, to protesting the system that you're in because ultimately no, very few people are going to listen to you and, and the most important thing you can do is to work on your craft as, as, and, your, and the power of your, of your voice as an artist, which feels sometimes very selfish in the moment. But in a way, it's also the only thing which will ever uh, have any kind of real impact and will be more than just sort of making these statements that no one is going to listen to maybe ultimately. Yes, and another stuff, you know, it's this statement. It's really, it's defend, it's self-defend, like, uh, don't touch me. Of course, I against. <laughs> it's, <laughs> yeah. it's really like, because of course, I feel in this because all my connection with the uh, European project, some people really change tone, change yeah. uh, change feeling in letter and I feel this and I have some situation now but it's like I don't would like self-defense with you know with people who doesn't close to me mm -hmm. and every time when I now I working with some people and every time I don't want, want to know when I start conversation and say uh, okay okay you know I against uh, <laughs> this registration don't don't do why mm -hmm. it's these people doesn't close to me these people and this is like new new game new game with marks and uh, <laughs> tell me tell me what you think tell me what you think we all feel this pressure to clearly state our position on things these days after my conversation with Daniil, I realized how hard it is to navigate the politics of art in our times. There is plenty to rebel against, sure, but few ways to do so without adding to the distracting noise which cocoons the information battleground of the internet. It feels like there is no good, honest way to participate anymore, and that the only right thing to do is to disengage from the big C conversation and engage with the real world around you whatever that might mean to you. Here's to being on the verge. <laughs>